Hey, you guys want to uh, grab a beer? Oh, always. <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right, I got a spot. Hourglass yeah. Brewing in Longwood, Florida. I don't know. Now, listen, Doug, I know you're from out of town. This is the place I go for all my local craft beer. Delicious, 40 beers on tap. And the best part is it's a haven for nerds like me, like you. Yeah, the 240-seat Longwood Tap Room. They stock that with nerd nostalgia, video games, board games, cornhole boards. They even have a dog-friendly patio. You can't beat that. I absolutely love it. I mean, I feel like I know this this uh, establishment just from Eric's Instagram and Facebook because he's there a lot. Um, they support his art and the local artists in the area. And uh, I'm excited. The first time I get back down to Florida with these two guys, uh, we're heading over there. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. Yes, the art, the arcades, the pinball machines. There is uh, literally an homage painted on the wall to uh, Rick Moranis and Spaceballs. I mean, what more can you ask for in a brewery? Hourglass Brewing, Longwood, Florida. Uh, Check it out. Go there. They are sponsors of the show. They support us. Go support them. All right. And we are back. Um, so, yeah, we, we wrapped up with with a, a very intoxicated guy uh, fawning over Del Paxton and missing an opportunity to have a good night with Marguerite. Well, and um, how cool is Del Paxton, too? You know, the first thing right? like, sit down, buy me a drink. You know, he's exactly. Like oh, he's the got it down. Guy in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I like the uh, actor they chose for him, although I would have really liked it if it was either Billy D or John mm-hmm. Witherspoon. Yeah, but the no. hotel guy has a very strong Billy D vibe going on. He does mm-hmm. too, yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. But I really wanted Del Paxton to be like a John Witherspoon type. <laughs> John that would have made no sense, but okay. Oh, it would have been so awesome. It would have been absolutely made no sense. Just How none. Been, you get over here and buy me a drink. Like, no, I can that's, just see, no. I can see him doing it. No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Nope. You're not. A, you've never watched Friday. You can't. It doesn't matter. I know who John Witherspoon is. I've seen him act. I've seen him do stand up. So it's not. It, but anyway, Bill Cobbs is the guy's name. He's a great, another great character actor. Like you know, I mean, Hanks yeah, he's is good. Just so great at scoring these character actors who just do it right. So, uh, yeah. So we are. Uh, it's the next morning now. <laughs> A very, very hungover guy is still asleep, and he gets woken up by the phone ringing, and Mr. White's on the other end screaming oh, at him. Yeah. Right before this is where, like, you would have seen the him go off with his boyfriend to the show. That's that's mm-hmm. where that scene cuts in. Oh, it's, okay. Because Marguerite drops him back off at the hotel, and Mr. White's standing up front, getting ready to go off with Howie Long. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. And, and, that's cool. And, um, and like uh, he's like, don't be jealous, because <laughs> I that am guy with so him. watching this this weekend. I am so watching that cut. Well, and for me, because when it shows guy waking up, it's just him. Like you just see his face, yeah. and they left it kind of ambiguous, you know, from that clip. Right. So it was like, is she uh, like next to him here, or right? Like, is, is he alone? Like, is that why? But um, yeah, that extended one. It shows him. Uh, being dropped off by her uh, at the hotel yeah. it was pretty funny. Yeah, she okay. just drops him off. Then, like, um, you know, Mr. White and his boyfriend kind of flirt with him a little bit, and then he falls over into Lamar. <laughs> oh shit! Okay, I gotta see right. this cut, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I'm still um, hung up on Rita Wilson's wardrobe in that bar scene. My God. Yeah, that was like Playboy Bunny level stuff. Cheers. Going. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. Yep. So uh, White's yelling it at a hungover guy because <laughs> the bass player is miss, missing. They can't find him. And Guy himself needs to get his patootie <laughs> down to the television studio because they're shooting the, you know, the, the, the television show. He's got to get down there. Uh, so Guy arrives. Um, he goes back to the dressing room, and he walks in, and it's only Lenny's girl is there. Like, no one else is there. Um he asks where everybody is, and you know she doesn't really know. But you know he asks he asks about Jimmy, and she says, "Oh, is he the one throwing up in the bathroom?" <laughs> so guy heads back to the bathroom. And sure enough, Jimmy's on his knees in the in the stall, and he's throwing up. Um, it's obvious it's nerves, but he blames Faye, you know, giving him something. Um, Lenny then comes into the bathroom, and it's just so great because Lenny just he Lenny's him. He Lenny's Jimmy 
like so perfectly making fun of him like just oh you nervous and just uh, he gets on him and it's just so great <laughs> yeah it's pretty good um guy is making phone calls everywhere trying to find the bass player and he can't find him uh we get a quick cut to disneyland where the bass player is with the marines uh they're best friends now and he's having a time of his life which is cool you know i mean He's gonna he's gonna go into battle with these dudes and and he's hanging out with them. So he's but he's, he's not gonna go into battle with those exact dudes. <laughs> well, I, no, but who knows? Who knows? I also like that you mm. never see him again. Like this is the last yeah. time you see that character. The yeah, he just kind of yeah. disappears. Yeah. I mean, that, that was the only plan he had. He was never planning on being a bass player in a right. band. You know, he yeah. was just there. Exactly. He's like, I'm gonna I'm going to Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, we now, the band is now meeting their new bass player, uh, Scott Pell, Wolfman, as he's called. Uh, he's played by Larry Antonino, who is like an amazing bassist. Like he's, he, what he played, because what, what happens is he, Jimmy says, can he handle our tune? <laughs> I think I can handle a junior. And he wails off and like, that's actually but, him playing that. But what he played was not that impressive. Honestly. Are you For out like of your mind? They, they you made it, it seem like it was super, yeah, I can easily do that. <laughs> but I can oh. play I can play Primus and the Chili Peppers too though so like on bass okay. there you go. all right all right different time right. I guess exactly yeah maybe so, back then that was impressive but not now okay it's not impressive I also t- took you know five five or six years of jazz bass and you know Barry Gibbs lessons and stuff so it's true okay. you did have you know it was the, the Barry Gibbs lessons that put it over the top <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, I'm like like that's not that hard I'm like that's pretty easy. Yeah. So in any case, it was go ahead cool. and play go ahead and play Rio by Duran Duran, and then we'll talk. That would be tough. It looked tough to me. If it's not that hard, exactly I right. It. I I got to take your word for it because I owned a, a bass for about five minutes and gave it to my son because Nor- normally my bass is hanging here, but I let my buddy borrow it. Yeah, yep. Uh, yeah. So anyway, they meet they meet Scott Pell. They meet Wolfman. Uh, he's obviously up to the task. Um, Guy is again worried about Faye, uh, but Mr. White assures him that she's been taken care of. And we cut to a scene of her uh, getting a gorgeous dress and getting her hair done like she wants it. And um, I will say, know, I was a little intoxicated when I watched this, but she's yeah. pantomiming what she wants the hairdresser yes. to do to her head. And it looks like she's saying, I want you to have a dog shit on top of my head. <laughs> And it made me laugh. Like, well, I know what she's going for, and obviously that was a style, but my God. If you I'm, slow it down and read her lips, that's what she said, though. Yeah. Oh, dogs. <laughs> I, I'm a child. I'm not, I'm not even going to hide it, man. I was I like, love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We then see her arrive to the television studio in a limo, and she is escorted up the red carpet by... Does anybody uh, know? The Hanks boy. Colin. Uh, Colin, yeah. yes. Yeah. Exactly. His very first role. I freaked Very out too when I saw him. It's like, oh, uh, I know him. Yeah, so that that's cool. Um, I think him is. Yeah. Apparently, Tom Hanks' daughter was in there too. I think in the dress shop or something. I don't know. I, I just uh, I, I do vaguely remember reading something about that. You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did Colin Hanks as an actor. I like him. He was mm-hmm. great in Fargo. Um, so, Jumanji. What's that? Jumanji. Oh yeah, yeah. Dexter. That's true. Right, and yeah, Dexter. Yeah, he was in Dexter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they are now ready to, to go on the Hollywood Television Showcase. The show starts. Um, it's so cool because this is so dead-on 60s variety show. Like, down to the advertisement beginning by, you know, Chemstrand, <laughs> Division of Monsanto. That existed. Yeah. That was real, actually. They, he got, the, he got the, the license to use that because, like, Monsanto was – they probably still are. But, like, everything yeah. about it, you know, w- was just Monsanto so – Monsanto was a massive Disneyland sponsor, too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And they probably ran those same type ads, you know, because back then it was cool to show a gigantic chemical plant with toxic fumes spewing out the smokestack <laughs> and say, yay, back, back no chemicals. Disneyland, uh, they had a lot of private companies come in there and set up like stores. Yes. Like everything wasn't Disney. It was right. like, and I'll never forget at Disneyland, my favorite Disney store ever that was inside of the park in California was called the Wizard of Brawls, and they sold lingerie. <laughs> I do remember reading about that. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. Different times. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just a great representation. And it even, like, of course, again, 
I'll repeat, 1964, I was one, so I didn't watch the shows. But even into the 70s, like it starts off with um, with Roy Chesterfield, who's played by Peter Scolari, rest in peace, uh, from Bosom Buddies, another friend that Hanks, you know, and not, and not that Scolari needed help getting roles, but he reached out to his friend and his friend said, sure, I'd love to do this. And he came and did it. Um, you know, he, he, quick cut to Guy's family and Chad, <laughs> who's now part of the family. Uh, they're they're all at home, sitting around the TV, eating, and, and get, they're very excited. So the first guest is Gus Grissom, who's played by Brian Cranston, which is cool. Um, he later oh, went sorry, on. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, that was Brian Cranston, and he later went on to play Buzz Aldrin in Tom Hanks from The Earth yeah. to the Moon, the HBO show. I didn't. Re- um, I didn't like totally miss that. I was probably half asleep. Yeah. <laughs> So, and again, even like in the 70s when I was a kid, you know, with my grandma, I'd watch like the Merv Griffin show or, or you know, um, I forget the other, the Mike, Mike something, I forget, but they'd have yeah, like. The, the remote control that would just make a ding sound. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Instead of, it oh, yeah. wasn't like, uh, you know, infrared, it was like ding. Yes, ding, it was infrared. You had to aim it. You had to aim it. Yeah. So, you know, they'd have guests like, like. Gus Grissom and that banter would be exactly as it was and even the plate spinner when I was a kid the plate spinner dudes were the best dudes ever like I would get so excited as like a five-year-old you know when one of those guys was on there because it would just be like the coolest thing ever you know um, so yeah the, the boys are backstage they're getting ready and um, we got a, an actually very quick clip Joe <laughs> Sketch. How did we get here? I led you here, sir. For I am Spartacus. <laughs> I had to put that in there. Um, I wanted to do the whole performance, but it's, it's, I had too much, too many clips. But you know, and and Lenny looks at him, sort of half <laughs> laughing, but then he's sort of like you could see it on his face. He's like, you know what? He's right. Yeah. You know, like he did lead them there, whether he's Spartacus or not. He led that. You know, he's the reason why they're there. And I he's think like, like hey, the light can bulb. Can you get a new joke by now? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard this too many times. Oh, listen to Joe with the get a new joke. <laughs> <laughs> Irony. I have a I mean, <laughs> I have an extended cut question um, because Guy's dad goes from zero to 100 with how proud he is yeah. when, once they do yeah. this TV performance. He's drumming fucking yep. salad tongs and shit on mm-hmm. his wife's ass. Like, yeah. <laughs> do they? Does that get fleshed out a little bit more in the in those 40 minutes? Like, A little bit more. Okay. Um, but... But yeah, you're you're absolutely right though. That is a big like all of a sudden now he's like proud of his son. Yeah, know, yeah. And all of a sudden all this is okay, you know, when he was saying, Yeah, go on, go bang on your bongo drums. Like he just he didn't even understand yeah. what mm-hmm. guy was doing or even why. And now all of a sudden, well, now he's on TV. So, you know. Um there's it's just more a little bit about like that scene where um where Chad, the, the other drummer, is there, and he's kind of taking yeah. this spot in the family as like a surrogate right. yeah. son. That's what um, I was gonna say. He like has the son he wanted now, and Chad turns the light off at the end of the shift. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So exactly. yeah, I I don't have a good specific answer for you, but yeah, that that scene, but then also just the dynamics of their relationship um, is it goes into more depth on the extended mm-hmm. cut. I'll come for sure. All right. So uh, the band now, they are performing on live television in front of millions, and it's like the coolest thing ever. Uh, it's a great sequence. They're playing uh, on a very polished, you know, very s- mid-60s set. Uh, you know, we got quick cuts to the control room, back to the crowd. Um, I love how they interspersed, just like in real life it would be, the young kids going nuts where the older folks are sitting there scratching their heads as to what's going on here like you know they don't get it um it's kind of funny how that keeps happening generation after generation <laughs> but 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 the old folks who were young folks then don't remember that part no. yeah. i do <laughs> but they're, most they're people like, my age don't remember like, i don't like biodome it sucks yeah. They were, yeah, okay, no, Joe, we've already had this conversation because I love the good version of that called Dude, Where's My Car? So it's not like I don't like that type of movie. I just don't like that specific movie, okay? Um, so, yeah, they cut to that. They cut back to the control room, um, 
and they start um you know on the tv screen that you're seeing it through they are introducing the boys in the band um with their names and stuff they get to jimmy and it says underneath his name it says careful girls he's engaged um yeah. which is a direct uh take from the beatles because in on Ed Sullivan, it said under uh, John, I think, careful girls, he's married. Yep. So, you know, again, just a lot of the, the whole Beatles mythology is, is transferred into the movie. Um, Jimmy makes sees no sense the- because he told her she has to be the costume mistress so that the chicks like, like all get turned on, but now he's engaged? No, no, no. He, In the he beginning, did- the reason he said if she wants to come with us, she has to be the costume mistress, basically because they didn't want any of the girls to know that they were taken because they wanted to sell them as, like, sex objects. Yeah, that was it, Joe, because it's all about sex trafficking. Well, no, like, it's not. No, he like, wanted- that's how it was back in the day. Like, all these young Oh, I understand that, but with the context of the movie, but with the, within the context of the movie, they made her the costume mistress because that's the only way Faye could travel with the band. That was more like yeah, like for the contract, you know, like she's part of right. the band even though she's not a musician. So she had it like a job. Exactly. I, I, the way I read it was that they didn't want people to know he had a girlfriend because, like, they wanted to sell him to these young girls that are going to be swooning over him. And like, if oh, they're that's taken, too dark. Uh, that may that be a, that shades. may be realistic, but it's way too dark for this movie, Joe. <laughs> uh, I mean, there was another movie that had that in it. Yeah, like, but in this movie, it's it's. It's too wholesome. That's why I hate that. this fucking movie. It's so go. fucking cheesy and like okay. happy. Like, give me something yes. fucking like real. Happy. None happy of this is real. So it's like bad. bullshit. We, we, we really seriously don't need more happy in the world, right? Yeah. Because that would just reality. ruin everything. Uh, I need, <laughs> that's like, why I ruin everything. This without how it really yeah, would have been. Exactly. Every, I want to see like, Joe's oh, this is real. version this is real. of this None of this is fucking real. We're fucking guys overdosing in a hotel room. You know, like, no, Harry's deaths and everything. It's like, like a Zack Snyder thing. <laughs> yeah. you know, yes. like dark, Give me fucking uh, yeah. the, the, the drummer from The Who crashing a Rolls Royce into a pool. Like, yes. I think the movie was yeah. called Rockstar. That's more real. I got to add that to my list. That is one of my guilty that's, pleasures. That's that what movie. I want. I want I the real fucking shit. This movie. would not be this fucking cookie cutter popcorn okay. summer movie. Right. Faye dies in a car accident and shit. Like fucking right. yeah, someone overdoses. You know, like and then uh, Mister White steals all their money. This oh, is the sixties. Right. <laughs> like, well, I think the bigger problem I have is this is supposed to take place in the sixties, but they're fucking going on fifties tropes. Like, this is fifties no, music because and 50s early sixties, early sixties was still fifties tropes. That it wasn't the sixties you know in nineteen sixty four. Yeah, like it was the transition. Was that was the transition. Transitioning, but this is why. Know. Yeah, this is what. This I is the nineteen fifty-five Back to the Future bullshit. Okay. No, oh, Joe. Don't, well, don't, don't, don't do it, man. Don't bring up. Don't bring Back to the Future into this. Well, I'm saying is like it's the same era. Like they were going to the the damn under the sea dance and shit. Like that. That's not the mid '60s. Yeah, but this we're not in the mid sixties. We're nineteen sixty four, which was not nineteen sixty four, which, and which was, is okay, which is mid is not the mid nineteen sixty five was the mid sixties, and even nineteen sixty five was not. But nineteen sixty four through sixty six is mid sixties. You know what? Who you sound like right now? You sound like RJ. So you got to ease back. Yes, you do. Oh, yes. yes, you do. <laughs> All right, you sound you're doing an RJ right now, so you need a back off. I'm just off. telling you, this All is right? some fucking bullshit ass. Like you are like, pushing buttons, feel good buttons. shit that I don't like. I'm okay, just telling you why good. I don't like this fucking movie. Hey Eric, did you know that Joe doesn't like this movie? <laughs> and just um, before we even move further, <laughs> Joe is going to rate first. So if I have to give it a five to get it up in the ratings, I will. Even though I don't think it's a five, oh, I'll do it. What- because I, I can't care wait until his. I'm not going to give it a terrible okay. rating. It's a good okay. movie. I just don't like it. All right. That's fair. I, I it's not a bad movie. It's not Absolutely. made bad. It's got a Listen, story. I just what it's don't worth, like it. <laughs> I just looked it up. The Beatles, the number one song that they had in 1964 was I Want to Hold Your Hand. Exactly. Mm, that's a good counter. So it is an absolute parallel. We're not talking like rubber soul stuff yet. Yep. You know, nothing like World that. World changing stuff. No, no revolution yet. This was I yep. Want to Hold Your Hand, 1964. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, it wasn't uh, good then. All right, I don't even know where the frig I am in my notes. Hold on a second. You've the, made the showcase so mad, right? Careful, girls. He's engaged. <laughs> yes, thank you. 
Thank you, Kevin. So fucking All right. 20. So the crowd's going nuts, of course. They love it. Uh, again, we talked about these guys' families going nuts. His dad doing that thing you do. He can't even sing the song right because mm-hmm. he's an idiot. Um, so, you know, and, and the cool, cool thing, um, that was filmed at the Bob Barker studio where Price is Right was filmed when he was doing it. So it actually had that, like, old vibe in it, even though it was, you know, ni- 1996. But, um, yeah. So... They're back in a dressing room, and Jimmy is livid. Why he's trying to unstring a 12-string guitar in a dressing room, I have no idea. But Another perfect sound effect, though, when he whips that yes. string out. Yes, And it's like exactly. you can hear the other st- Yeah, yep. perfect. Exactly. Uh, but in any case, I, he's probably doing because he's so pissed off. Because um, he, he saw on the monitor about the engaged thing, and he's, he's absolutely livid about it. Uh, he blames Faye for it. Um, you know, and this is really when I want to punch him. <laughs> Okay. When it all comes to a head, uh, he blames Faye for it. When we all know as the audience that White set this whole thing up. Now, I know that Tom Hanks made a parallel to the Beatles' performance on Ed Sullivan, but he used this just as a perfect vehicle because he, you know, Mr. White did this on purpose to make this happen because um, he knew that it wasn't right. So, uh, yeah, Jimmy goes nuts. Uh, Lenny comes in the dressing room in the middle of it. Guy walks in and Mr. White all walk in just as this is happening. And um, we're going to play our next clip, which again is kind of long, but it's cool. Now, next up for you kids, you get to make another record. Can I say something? Hey, the fair Faye wishes to address us all. So is Jimmy. From now on, you stay away from me. I have wasted thousands and thousands of kisses on you. Kisses that I thought were special because of your your lips and your smile and all your color in life. I used to think that was the real you when you smiled. But now I know that you don't mean any of it. You just save it for all your songs. for kissing you with my eyes closed so tight. Should have dumped you in Pittsburgh! Which one of you butts said we're engaged? Same person who said you had class, Jimmy. Spoil, babe. Need that desert air in my hair. Okay. Do we really have to go with the top down? Take those stupid sunglasses off. Why couldn't you dump her in Pittsburgh? We do my songs, or we don't record anything. You got that, White? Okay, Jimmy. I was looking forward to working with you. You know, you're a liar, White. You're a liar. And you're in a tough spot, Jimmy. Because you didn't read the Playtone contract that you yourself signed. Because it says you do what I say. And I say you cover these songs from the Playtone catalog. You record that thing you do in Spanish. You get one cut per side of the LP, but I don't want any of this lover's lament crap. I want something peppy, something happy, something up-tempo. I want something snappy. I I quit. I quit. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> I quit, Mr. White.
Jimmy just quit. Most quoted that thing you do line in my house is that. <laughs> yes. We have three kids. Shit's going crazy. We'll look at each other. My wife and I, one of us, one of us will say, I quit. <laughs> I quit. I quit, Mr. White. That's so great. Um, yeah, I, I I know they're kind of two different scenes, but there was no cut in between, and I had to play them both, so it stretched out a little bit, but we get the point. Um, yeah, so, you know, uh, Jimmy quits. Um, I did read something interesting that the actor, Jonathan, whose last name I can't pronounce, he improvised that scene in his audition. Hmm. And that's why he got the gig is because that was the scene he had to audition with and he did that and they loved it and they hired him. So that's pretty cool. Um, it bugs me that he took the guitar with him. Like, <laughs> I know, right? And then the way he carries it is even weird too. Like he doesn't hold the case by the handle. Like he tucks it under his arm. Yeah, yeah it's kind of yeah. weird. I know, I know. Yeah, but I mean, was... can you blame him? I take that Rick with me too. <laughs> well, yeah, shoot. But it's that's like... True. If I were yeah. Mr. White, I would have been like, uh, wait, yeah, wait a minute, yeah. that's in the contract too. You put that down. Yeah. Uh, I know you just yeah. restrung it by yourself and everything, but fuck <laughs> it. Yeah. Exactly. While you were well, angry. I mean, it's a little bit of a spoiler to skip ahead, but it's not like he's not coming back. <laughs> no, true. exactly. That's true. Very true. Uh, so, yeah. Well, so, actually, yeah. in the epilogue. Yeah. Yeah. He... He comes yep. back and makes like a shit ton of good records yeah. with him in the studio years. Of course he does. Because yeah. basically we get past this whole teeny bop bullshit years of the Beatles and get to the good years. <laughs> where he comes back and fucking records Sgt. Pepper's yeah, and Jimmy all the makes fucking his good albums. Soul records with the Herdsman. Rubber Soul is still a little was, early. But it was with Mr. White too, I guess. I don't, maybe that's oh, not yeah, in but, the actual like written thing. But it was like he, did, he was for Playtone. I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't go there yet. But anyway. Yeah. That, he comes back and records the Mr. White album. <laughs> well played. That was good. That was good. That was very good, Joe. Thank you. You've redeemed yourself. That's that was good. Um, yeah, I mean, yes. There's a whole backstory, and my understanding is the backstory is really uh, stretched out in the liner notes of the soundtrack. There's a lot of oh, okay. a, a lot of backstory for the band and for what happens after that, including where Mr. White ends up and everything. So yeah, we can talk about that in a minute. Um, so at this point, you know, Mr. White asked Lenny uh, where Lenny is because he hadn't even showed up for the recording session yet. And we quickly cut to Vegas where Lenny has gotten married. <laughs> and he's given uh, casino chips to the photographer, the, the pastor, and his wife and everything. It's great. He's so happy. Um, he lets Guy know that they're in breach of contract. Uh, but don't worry, no one's going to jail. Um, and he just talks about a very common tale of the one-hit wonder. Um, which basically sums up the movie, you know. Um, he tells guys a lot to hang out in the studio, but he has to check out of the hotel by the afternoon. Um, so we've got a short clip here, Joe. No, Guy, Horace was right about you. You are the smart one. Lenny is the fool. Jimmy is the talent. Faye is... Well, Faye is special, isn't she? Yeah. So. And you are the smart one. That's what I think, anyway. <laughs> I stepped all over it. Sorry, folks. <laughs> no. Sorry. At least I didn't interrupt any words, but yeah. Um, yeah, so that's like the final words that uh, Mr. White and. Speaks with Guy. Um, cool stuff. Uh, so, uh, so Guy is hanging out in the studio. Well, actually, we get a quick scene of Faye packing at the hotel, and she's looking at pictures of the gang, and it's at this point that Jimmy is literally cut from her life because she cuts the picture in half and removes him from it. Um, so uh, we jump back in the studio. Guy's sitting at the drum kit. He starts playing his I Am Spartacus uh, jam. And uh, we see Dell Paxton walking in the uh, control room. Um, at that point, the engineer asks if Guy wants to record it, and he says, no, I'm just playing around. Um, Dell then walks into the studio, and Guy's, of course, again, speechless. 
um, and Dell asks him if he if he wants to jam, and it's like the coolest thing that's ever happened to Guy. I think for Guy, that's the coolest thing. Like even having the, a number seven yeah. record and playing on television and all that stuff. This is like the pinnacle of his life. And I agree. Yeah. So that was an awesome scene. Yeah. And uh, he finally got to make some real music. Right. And he says exactly. He says Ernie, roll tape on this. Like not only did you get to jam, yes. but Dell yeah. says, why don't you record this too? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, it's a great moment. It really is. Um, cause the two of them are just jamming. I mean, he, and he proved, and he proved, doesn't have anything to prove, but he demonstrates that he's an equal to Dell as far as his munition musicianship. And what such. I like it's, is based upon the epilogue credits. Also, it just goes to prove that as soon as they stop with this bullshit, everyone's life gets better. Right. <laughs> so when this fucking movie ends, it gets way better. Remember, well, boys and girls, music is evil, and you should never do it. No, not music is evil. <laughs> uh, record labels are evil. Okay. Yes, that's true. Oh wow. So there's there's more to that where it's like the band comes in and you know, the band just talks and they're Oh wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. I love it. I love it. All right, we've got our final clip, folks. It is six minutes and twenty six seconds long. I'm very sorry, but there's just no way around it. This is killing me to do. So, uh, so, so remember how you felt when I had to play all those Zoolander clips? And you oh, I know. Yourself? That's I know how that. I feel tonight. Well, I, I didn't go to 45 minutes. This is a, we ended at 28 and a half minutes total of clips. And this that's my not, record by a long shot. This is not a clip for ants. No. This <laughs> <is not> a, <laughs> definitely not. This one is a marathon. and But it's important. And it's just easier to play it than to describe it. So, Joe, let's get it over with. Roll it. Yeah, I'll talk to you later. Hey, 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 slow down there, young squire. Life is long. I gotta check out. Oh, you're leaving us today, too, huh? Yeah, well, that partner of yours, the one with all the attitude, he left here hours ago. And your little Fifi's about to vamoose as well. Wait, Fifi, you mean Faye? She's still here? Yeah. She's sitting there in the coffee shop, at the counter, alone. Now, where I come from, that just ain't right. Take that. Lamar here. Yes, sir, blue and pallet. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Thank you, sir. Hey, 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 hey! Now, that ain't your job. Dell says I, I've got the chops to make it as a drummer in L.A., so I think I'm gonna give it a try. Really? So, you're, you're gonna be a permanent West Coaster? Yeah, it looks that way. So what are you gonna do? Hmm. I'm gonna go back to Erie. Figured that's what you'd say. Kai, can I ask you a question? Shoot. So. With that Tina woman? She wasn't right for you. Was she a good kisser? Yeah. Yeah. It would be ungentlemanly for me to elaborate. Gentlemen, I forgot what you fellas look like. <laughs> Well, sir, if you ever come back to Erie, please stop by and see me. Hey, we'll listen to records. That'd be nice. Here's goodbye. You know that, um, 
None of this would have happened if you hadn't joined the band. And I mean that in a good way. So, young squire? Before you go, let me ask you one question. Shoot. When was the last time you were decently kissed? I mean, truly, truly. Good and kissed. Dave Gamelgard, New Year's Eve, 61. watching our things. Oh, that's what I do. I know. I mean, I, I guess it was it was a bad attempt at trying to demonstrate he's sort of the magical, mystical he's character the, in this The movie. watcher of the, yeah. that thing you do in Yes, exactly. But yeah, it was a little silly. I agree. Um, the song is playing now, um, according to the liner notes in the soundtrack, was written by the Herdsman. <laughs> oh, okay, shit. And I missed that. Written and released by the Herdsman. So, but it was actually written by whoever wrote... I'm much too young to feel this damn old because that's what song this actually is. So if you listen to it, I'm much too young to feel this damn old. Yes, I can hear it. All right, Joe, I got to know who hurt you, buddy, because this right? this movie is pure love and joy, and it, it, I, don't know. I, I like just, love and joy. I like <laughs> fuckery. I, I think know. Joe got. I think Joe got into the 2000s version of Horace's Camper. Is what the problem is. <laughs> I must have. Yeah. I don't know. So, it made you uh, all yeah. kind of chilly that day, man. So Dude. things end up happily ever after. We see in the in the, in the epilogue, um, we got graphics on the screen that explain to us that Guy and Faye got married. They had four children. Um, and they now run a music conservatory up in Washington State. Um, Jimmy and his band, the Herdsman, uh, had three gold records on the Playtone label. And he's now a record producer. Which goes back, Kevin, to your earlier description of him is the you know about it all, being all about the music. 
there wouldn't probably be a better producer on the planet than Jimmy because of his, you know, his dedication to music. So um, the bass player did two tours in Vietnam and got two Purple Hearts, I think it said, for the siege of uh, Khe Sanh. And he became a building contractor. And Lenny was, he became the manager of the Golden Eagle Casino in Laughlin, Nevada. <laughs> he is now single. So, um, you know, they all ended up happy in one form or another, you know. Uh, and that's the end. It's a cool movie, people. Yeah. I agree. I love I love this movie. I've seen it before, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. We'll get into it in the ratings, man. I can't, I just can't wait to hear what Joe rates this movie i'm really excited about it man like you know yeah <laughs> i, I yeah. really yeah i'm not i'm not fucking around i what's the I lowest you've ever rated a movie on this show I, I but i already told you i'm not gonna rate this low because it's not a bad movie i just don't like this movie there's a right, difference and i respect bad that and not liking it when it's all yeah. said and done, man, you can't. It, that's there's what, nothing my more argument respectable always than that. has been for a movie. They have to have a fucking plot. I just can't stand movies that don't have a plot and it's a bunch of horseshit in the actual writing. The writing of this movie was solid. I just don't like this movie. I just think it's stupid. Okay, I get it. And again, yeah. that's respectable, a hundred percent. So, so I'm not going to rate it low just because I don't like it. Right. That's not what this, this is based on. <laughs> I won't even make you go first because of that. Because I cool. get it and I respect that. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna let our guests. We're gonna let Kevin well, Equitz. We got to do something here first. That's oh true. God, that whole thing—the shortest true. clip of the night. As if we didn't. Yeah, that's pretty much it. But as if we didn't have enough clips already. Sorry, uh, Kevin. Just. I am a movie critic by trade, and until recently, I got paid to tell you people which movies merely stink and which ones you shouldn't screen near an open flame. Well, I'm putting the burden of lousy movies back on you. It's very simple. If you stop going to bad movies, they'll stop making bad movies. If the movie used to be a TV show, just don't go. After Roman numeral two, give it a rest. If it's a remake of a classic, rent the classic. Tell them you want stories about people, not a hundred million dollars of stunts and explosives. People, it's up to you. If the movie stinks, just don't go. If the movie stinks, just don't go. You love me. Really love me. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Are you not entertained? Joe, I recorded a new intro for the ratings. You want me to play it? <laughs> go ahead. All right, hold on. Three, two, one. Ratings? <laughs> Absolutely not. Perfect. Absolutely. There are some stalwarts of society that cannot be broken down. That's nice. true. I do have to say that it's pretty sad that we're over a year into this, and I still always forget that thing's got to play before we do ratings. I mean, I probably could shorten it some. <laughs> All right. So that said and played, uh, Kevin, what do you got for us as far as ratings go? Wow. You know, no pressure. Um you know, I'm gonna like <laughs> throw off the curve here, but um, yeah, like I was saying before, you know, the fact that it it doesn't really rely on you know gunfights and poignant death scenes and spaceships and explosions, which those are all wonderful things, and and I do love those dearly in movies. Um, but the characters, the dialogue, you know, the music, the instruments, all these details are there and it's so much fun and I really enjoyed it. So it would rank very high on my list. Um, you know, a true five, I guess, should be like a mythical, like intangible, you know, um, echelon of movies. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> which we would watch every four years, if you know what I mean. Um <laughs> exactly. Thank exactly. you. It was an educational piece. Yes. Yeah, it was like we had to check in just yeah. to see how how real it was getting. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So this would be very high on my list. I would feel very comfortable giving it a uh, four point eight on the Kevin Excellent. scale. Excellent. Oh, I love it. Excellent. Um. So, all right. So, Joe, please. Okay. So you guys know clearly my disdain for certain parts of this movie but once again these are my personal right, feelings that's personal feelings 100 so i you know I'm, I'm fair as fair 
I gave mm-hmm. Search and Destroy a shitty, terrible score because it was a shitty, terrible movie. Right, we all did. Like, there were parts of it I enjoyed, and there were actors I enjoyed, but it had no fucking story or sense or plot or anything. It just, it was fucking a, a Cokefield nightmare. <laughs> this is just, like, cheesy Americana that I don't like personally. However, right. they did have a full-out, drawn-out story. There was a band. They met in school. They did their battle of the bands. They got signed. They got bigger. They eventually fell apart and went on to do you know, other things. So that all logically is a story that makes sense. My problems with it are my problems with it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. just hundred percent clarifying there that anything I, I give to this negative is just cause I don't like it. It's not that it's a bad movie, right? You know, the quality was there. The cinematics were there. All that stuff is there. It's just, I just don't, it's not for me. <laughs> so, uh, with that being said, I'll probably go somewhere around like a three point six. Okay. Well, okay. that's actually cool. I uh, I, I get can that. respect that, man. And Absolutely. I get I get that it's not your, uh, you know, it's not in your wheelhouse. There's movies like that for me. I get it. Yeah. Um, All right, Eric. What do you got for me? As I stated before, um, it's eerie how accurate this movie is when when looking at a young band trying to make it. Um, even though it's set in the sixties, I had similar experiences with my band and it's just funny to me how, how accurate some of the portrayals are of, of, you know, even the little things. So, um, I enjoy the hell out of this movie. I think it's really well constructed, um, really well written and directed. Tom Hanks, first time director did a, a really nice job with it. Um, I would I'd rate this movie at a four point four out of five. Um, it's it's super watchable to me. It's one of those movies. Again, I see where Joe's coming from. It is very Americana. It is very feel good. You know, it is very uh, sugar coated. But that's that's sort of the the deal. Like that's sort of you know. Yeah. So yeah, I I think uh, yep. I think it's a great movie, man. I recommend it to anybody who's plays an instrument who was in a band or not man like it's just uh some universal themes there yeah i i i dig it i totally get that uh yeah for me it's you know a lot of the movies that i pick mean a lot to me because of nostalgia with family or you know with my kids or whatever this one means a lot to me for me and me alone like no one's no one in my family is bonded to this movie like i have so um, but it's important to me, and and um, again, I'll watch it whenever it's on. So, and then everything that everybody else said sort of falls into place as well. Uh, so I will also give this a four point. No, I'm going to give it a four point seven, not a four point eight, because um, I'm looking at other movies I've done that have a four point eight, and this is there but not quite there. So a four point seven. This definitely ranks up there. In best-rated movies that we've uh, we've done, that's probably top fifteen. I think I'll have to look at the list later. But yeah, uh, it's good overall score. It yeah, definitely it, does. Yeah, like I said, like I said, it's it's a good movie, just not for me. Because you guys know, yeah. like, what my favorite show is, right? <clears throat> uh, is uh, it is it always sunny in Philadelphia? Yes, I love horrible people <laughs> doing horrible things all the time, and there's not one fucking horrible person in this movie except Saul, who I love. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, even yeah. Jimmy. Even, even like Jimmy. Yeah. He was a. He was a. Yeah. Bad even dude, but... Jimmy and Faye when they broke up, they're still like sweet to each other. She's like, I just want to tell you that I gave you the wrong kisses and I had my eyes closed. Like for me, she should have been like, "Fuck you, you stupid motherfucker," and then left. And he should have been like, "Bye, Felicia." Right. Uh, so said, wait a minute, really quick. So Tom Hanks, if you're listening, if you ever need someone to overdub any Liv Tyler dialogue. We this found is your him. guy. <laughs> I got you, Tom Hanks. You know what? I, I really missed that Tom. What was that Tom Hanks movie where he was stranded on the uh, island? Castaway. 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 I fucking love that movie. Yeah. The air got to it. Like with the volleyball. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, you do a good Hanks. That was a good Hanks. That was Thank pretty you. good. That was good. Um. So, anyways, <laughs> it's that time of the uh, the show where we want to give some thanks. Absolutely, yeah. man. Who are we thinking? I forget. 
<laughs> we're thank we're thanking a whole the list only of folks. pats that matter the exactly. patreons the patreons our patrons uh yeah we are gonna we're gonna read the list and we're gonna thank these folks because they're kind enough kind enough they they send us a little bit of cash um every month and it it really helps us out and and we sincerely appreciate it so we'll start with miss hannah christ yes my daughter but our founding patreon member um, my good friend, Mr. Peter Bianco, who I owe a call to, I suck at staying in touch and I'm happy that Peter knows that because I got to give him a call, um, from the tone jerks podcast and the second button podcast, the lovely and talented Mr. Brian Gower. Um, we've got from the, uh, just surprising podcast, our co-host and friend, Mr. Will Lehew. Um, we've got. Uh, guest host on the Just Surprise Me podcast, Mr. Tony DeGraw, a prince of a human. I love that man. He's and a good guy. Will's possible replacement if Will doesn't get his shit together. Yeah, that's true. You're right. Yeah, Tony. <laughs> Will, you got to you got to you got to recognize me. Tony is ready and waiting. He is he is actively proactively waiting to jump all over you. So uh, you better you better get your shit straight, like Joe said. Uh, next is Mr. Michael McVeigh, a uh, another great gentleman and a fellow Tennessean, um, with with Mr. Will Lehu and and our our current guest host as well. Um, and last but definitely not least is uh, Mr. R.J. Smith, formerly of the Just Surprising Podcast, but he has a new podcast out, and I'm an idiot for not remembering the name. Joe, can you stream talk repeat? There we go. Or stream repeat talk? Um, no, I think it's stream, stream talk, talk repeat. repeat. Yeah, it okay. is. I knew it was something like that. Yeah, Give it's a, a cool. The first episode was really good. I I super um, enjoyed it. Um, so I made, I made the joke in the Facebook group today, but you can actually stream that simultaneously with any episode of Just Surprise Me that he's not on, <laughs> and it'll sound just like Just Surprise Me because we talk over each other about different subjects, anyways. Exactly. So. I mean, and that's on all of us. <laughs> It's like that's absolutely that's nothing against RJ's podcast because that's on no, all no, of us. It'll literally know? just sound like you're listening to Just Surprise yeah. Me. We just we just just yak. It's it's great, but yeah, I would I, I definitely recommend it. It's a really cool podcast. So, um, yeah, and that's our Patreon list. So again, thank you for you know for contributing. Um, it makes our lives just a tiny bit easier. Thank and you. That's thank a good you, thing. Thank you. Yes, and thank you to our sponsors, Hourglass Brewing in Longwood, Florida. Uh, and Mo DeWitt of DeWitt Law Firm, injured on the go. Just call Mo. They support the show. Go check them out. See what they offer. Go support them. Uh, they make doing the show possible and doing mm -hmm. cool things possible. Again, like the uh, the live show that we're going to be doing next month um, down here in Orlando. So again, yeah. Hourglass I think the, uh, Brewing. Website for for that for the show too. The live show was it Mystic Con Mystic dash con dot com that's yes. hard to okay. say after three hourglass right. 16 ounce beers <laughs> yes yeah. mystic dash con um yeah it's it's gonna be a fun time and i'm gonna be at that convention selling art if you're interested in that kind of thing while i'm not doing the show with the boys and then uh i i have to narrow down the time i think it's around like four o'clock in the afternoon day of yeah. show that we're going to do the uh, the live show. So we'll keep yeah. you posted. Uh, join the Facebook page uh, if you haven't already. Post more information there. Obviously, the chat is available to you if you're Patreon. Uh, join our Patreon at, what is it, Joe? Patreon.com slash Patreon.com backslash M-O-T-C-U. Do you have if to, you say, hit up do you have to say backslash? Is that a, like a rule? Yeah. Well, yeah, because uh, there's slashes the other way. Okay. There's forward slashes also. I'm, a, right. I'm an old pop pop at heart. I don't understand these things, man. Slash. You can actually, I, I, if I'm remembering the lingo correctly in, in tech speak, it's whack, whack, whack. So oh, it's, it's the one that's under the question mark. There the you keyboard. go. <laughs> that's the easiest way to describe um, it. Oh, no, whack's wanna, the other way. Never mind. You're right. I'm wrong in that. See? I can only whack with my right. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to check out one of our sponsors, go to hourglassbrewing.com or, or justcallmo.com. Yeah. And uh, we want to give a big uh, shout out to our special guest today and let him plug away too, where you can find some of his uh, fancy wares. Yeah, Kevin, come on, plug away, man. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, um, Equids Guitars, it's 
E-Q-U-I-T-Z, and um, that's Equus Guitars on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and EquusGuitars.com. But honestly, I'm you know I'm booked up for the next probably three years. Um, wow. But Whoa. that's just because it's a side, you know, it's like a part-time yeah. job on the side. So I'm only putting out a few guitars a year. But, I mean, if I could plug anything, I, there are so many other people just like me building guitars out of their home and um you know you guys making pedals you know we all do the thing so i would say you know if there's anything to consider even if it's not an equals guitar think about finding one of these builders if you want a recommendation i'd be happy to recommend somebody but yeah get a custom guitar people you know custom artwork like it's it's the same thing like why get the same old crap that everyone else has like get something made just for you Um, i think we're all doing the same thing so i would say you know, definitely support the community. Who cares about Equitz guitars? Right. Like, well, even though Equitz, so many more out there, Equitz is That's booked beautiful. up on on commissions for building guitars. You're still taking commissions for sabotaging guitars that you're building for other people. <laughs> 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 other <Sorry>. person specifically. <laughs> uh, this is one of the few times that I'm jealous of somebody with a guitar on their wall because usually I don't I don't get jealous. Usually I'll respect, <laughs> but I'm jealous at this point. Oh man, I hate That's all right. of you. I know. And, Oh, and just to tell you, that's ah, sick. And, and just so you understand why, like this means that I'm jealous. That's a, a the family reserve Ernie Ball Valentine white and gold, uh-huh. and then that's a '65 American vintage reissue Thin Skin Jazzmaster. And I'm and I'm jealous of what you got because that thing is so much sicker. Yeah. <laughs> Very kind of you. Thank you. But if you're ever in Middle Tennessee, you know, you welcome anytime. Come on over. We'll we'll drink beers and play guitars, and you can show me how to work pedals. Sold, a hundred percent. And uh, I won't go visit Will. We'll just have welcome get the trash. <laughs> done. He's that not far most... away. He's probably like I don't know, half an hour away from here. He can come yeah. over too, or not. I don't know. Whatever. I go well, to North Carolina all the time now, so I might as well. Might as well. Just the next one over. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to highlight that Joe said Will can come pick up the trash when we're done. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Well, he can deliver the beer and then pick up the empties. That's true. He's good at both. <laughs> he's good at both. He was a beer delivery guy, and now he's a trash man. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, that was trash that was... person. That was fantastic, <laughs> absolutely fantastic. So, so uh, uh, what do we got coming up next on uh, Masters of the Cinematic Universe? I believe we're going to do the hysterical comedy Twenty One Jump Street. Correct? Yeah, the yeah. Jonah I love Hill, that flick. Channing Tatum, yeah, um, movie. Uh, it's really fucking funny. It's a hysterical <laughs> movie. I I watch it anytime it's on. I cannot wait to do that movie, Joe. And, and I did just rewatch it again, so it did still hold up. It wasn't like Zoolander. Oh, you know, absolutely, it, hold it holds up. I've watched it recently too. So, yeah. Um, I just want to thank Kevin again. Um, I'm so glad you reached 100%. out because it's an honor to have you here, and it was such a great episode. It was so fun to do. And and you were a huge part of that. I really appreciate it. It's great to have somebody on who just absolutely loves the movie we're doing. Um, and it just makes it it makes it great. So, I had a fantastic time, sir. Thank you. Yes, well, thank sir. you guys. Awesome. Well, in that case, there's only one thing left for us to do. Lights. Camera. Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off, Mr. White. Hey guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I caught it first. Yeah, I'm hosting we... Jeopardy. <laughs> are you though? Listen guys, we, we need your help uh, to help keep the lights on as they say. Uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. In you fact, can either be a friend it, of the show, a oh. friend with benefits. Ooh. We, could, we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. And if you, uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know, we'll send you some... Not safe for work picks, or if, if you want. <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but. Not safe for anything picks. Yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, guys, check out uh, patreon.com slash MOTCU. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The tiers started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And all with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So, come on, that's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then, enjoy this week's movie.